team and uh, they all got involved. Uh, private citizens formed a PAC. They got very involved. Many members of the community could see that, you know, and realize it wasn't a new tax burden and that uh, what we could do with the money and continue our road program. So I'm super stoked. It passed by 68%. Uh, I was telling people. It it failed by just 133. And if it had won by just 133, it wouldn't have the same impact, 68%. You know, I fought that, and, I mean, I kicked myself all last year. You know, nobody, you know, when you know that something that your community needs, uh, you, you know, and I'm passionate about what I do. I mean, I think that's very obvious. So I kicked myself all year saying, you know, uh, for the first half of this year, should I do it again? You know, should I just drop it? But the need's there. I mean, you know, I didn't have another way to fund roads that wouldn't be a tax increase. So I was like, I I think I just need to try again. And then, you know, you get going. Uh, When I started doubting myself, I just work harder. I don't know what else to do. So, you know, when I would feel a little bummed or think, man, this might not work and I don't know what the backup plan is, I'd say, where's that? desk okay let's go back out on the street or let's do something stupid let's go ride a bicycle at the sugarcane festival before the sugarcane festival parade Let, let's take that old truck dude i put so much brake fluid in that truck to keep it going it was ridiculous but uh between brake fluid and oil mm. but uh you know kept it pumping around and it's just uh it's it's very satisfying to see that the community got it and that uh we had so much help that the word really got out this time of what we were trying to do so i'm excited of course on sunday i text my road engineer and my bonding attorney and said, you know, call me Monday. And so we've talked all during the week and we are putting plans in place to uh, get moving. Do you pretty much continue where you left off? Because there had been a lot of engineering and uh, related work uh, prior. Correct. The good thing is we paid the engineers on a positive vibe that we we're going to uh, categorize every street from worst to best. And didn't just stop and say, okay, we've got $12.5 million, let's just kind of do what that would pay for. So we analyzed all the streets. So that list, now that's a couple of years old, but still it is, you know, it's pertinent. I mean, it's... The, it's, the streets you didn't work on didn't get better. Yeah, they're not better for sure. So maybe one or two passed each other up, yeah. okay, <laughs> but, but it's still pretty close. So we have that work. Um, and just to tell everybody kind of the steps, and it's a very general uh, kind of calendar of events, if you will... Uh, the first thing we have to do is you'll see some resolutions, ordinances coming <coughs> over the next couple of months to pay off the millage and to instate that millage back for roads. Then the bonding company has already started putting options together for me to analyze and look at what's you know the best right route to go. So we're looking at that. So once everything will be paid off and reinstated and now you're January, February, um, then we'll be going out to bid for the best rate we can get on the bonds this time because last time a few local banks kind of didn't get contacted, so I'm already working on that. Uh, so we'll go out for bid. Once we know where our bonds will be and what our interest rates will be, we'll be able to formulate you know, how much money we'll actually have. And then uh, I'll be, I'm formulating a plan. I do want to hold <coughs> a little money for some maintenance over the 20 years. I'm also kind of at the same time looking at other money. I don't know if it'll move fast enough, though. I want to buy a hot box. A, uh, it recycles asphalt as well as melts new asphalt. I want to change the way we do our pothole patching. Uh, all of that's supposed to be temporary, and many people were in both of the road initiatives think that that 
uh, pellet looking rabbit, whatever you want to call it. Uh, those pellets that they put in the potholes are very temporary. And at many times they don't even stay in there a week. I hate it. Uh, we have research to try to find other cold applied processes. I don't see anything that's any better. So I want to get some people trained and buy a piece of machinery that's about $35,000 that we would do hot patches in the asphalt and they would hold up. So while we're implementing the next part of our road program, that's something that I'm pushing for. We also have a huge lag time between utilities breaking our streets, uh, even our own sewer department, and then it being fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to work on that. So while we're kind of analyzing all of this, we're looking at, you know, the big picture to try to step up our game. Because I, I do feel and have felt for a while that we need to, but now we have some funds that we'll be able to do that. So the plan is to hopefully, once the bond's in place, the money's in place, from the time I hit the go button with the engineers, which will be soon, they need about six months to be ready for bid. So if I hit the button soon, and you know me, I'm going to move as fast as I can, I would say that we're probably at June or July that we would be able to bid uh, the streets again. So that's kind of an overview. That's as fast as government can move. Um, But we've already started. If I can speed it up, if you know me at all, you know I will. But that gets us a very little lag time. The concrete streets are going to be finished in December at the latest January. The asphalt streets are basically done from the 12.5. We have about uh, half a million dollars left, and we are looking at finishing the streets making sure that everything is complete that we promised we were going to do and then with the money that's left 350 to 500 i won't know that because it's all unit cost so i won't know that till the unit cost totals are run with the streets left to be done on the concrete once that's done then we were looking at a striping uh project where we could run around town and you know we all know if you're on dale street by the post office there is no turning lane left that's marked you can i could name these for all day because i've been looking at them so uh, what I'm hoping is we have enough money left to do a, a pretty good striping program on a lot of the streets that we are not doing now or that are in decent shape um, that they could get striped. Because if not, I don't know when we would get to do that. Uh, I, I learned something. I think it was in the parish council meeting. They were talking about uh, such things uh, and understanding the code uh, to do it uh, consistent with, um, you know, federal high. The idea and. Obviously, in the within the city limits, I don't think there is there a speed limit higher than thirty five, maybe forty five on the east end, uh-huh. far west end. But the idea of uh, the the amount of dashes in yes. a stripe is based on the speed the, limit. The, it is, it is, and just like you don't want to be an inch off, and then there's a fatality. Yeah, I can tell you that. So that is why Public Works does not do it themselves. Uh, we are not up on all the guidelines as we would have to be to do that, number one. And number two, like I said, if you make a mistake, there is some liability issues. So we always sub that out. Um, but it's long overdue. But, again, I think we'll have enough money to take care of a, a striping project. And the streets that are being done are being striped. That's in, in mm. the project. But it's all the ones that we're not touching yet. So I think between that and the new road program, people are going to see us uh, – you know, continue to make progress. And, and again, I thank everybody involved, all the voters, and everybody who helped because it was definitely a, a team effort. There you go. So, again, we'll look forward to um, more uh, on the, the progress and all that's coming up related to it. Council did meet Tuesday night, and obviously you had a chance to talk a little bit about that. Um, also had one ordinance amending the budget to adjust to um, 
the five uh, percent uh, yes. actual <clears throat> end of the year we have to be within five percent of our spending for that last month and so it is kind of a hassle people are trying to spend the money left in their budget at the same time you're trying to project where you're going to land so it's a moving target but we uh we're i mean, working on it you you can so that you're not forced to spend money if you really don't feel the need to if for whatever reason, oh correct correct you, you can amend it to say you know, oh, money does go back. Yeah, it goes yeah. back to the general fund or back to the sales tax fund. It's not a mad rush to spend money. Right. It's kind of a mad rush to finish what you have going on and to predict that, you know, I have a $500,000 project. How much is going to go over the next year? Or I'm right on the line that I could spend it. Or I need to be within. No, nobody know. knows how to put silent yeah. on their phone. Yeah. I swear to God. <laughs> not me. Um, so... That 5% comes in that we don't want an audit finding about that. So, uh, but it works out. It's just a little bit of a hassle. But that's, what's that, that's what that was about, and that's our normal procedure every year. Got you there. A couple of resolutions. In fact, I had to amend the uh, agenda. Spent a little time on the municipal classified employee uh, 2% pay raise. Yes, yes, and that's what we do every year. By law, we give a 2% raise. That's what we are bound to do. And we spend a little time talking about other stuff. Uh, some council members brought up possible council raises. Um, and so we had a small, that wasn't what the item of the topic of the moment was. We had a small discussion about that. And then our city attorney pulled up the charter and basically said that the council, not me, the council by ordinance could give a raise, not to themselves, but to whoever serves the next term. But they couldn't adjust the pay in their term. Now, if they won again, they just like get, it can't be reduced. Correct. Within their correct, term. Correct. So, um, you know, if they won again, they'd get the raise, but that's because they earned it by winning, you know, reelection. Uh, and then he clearly stated, and I'm glad he did, that I cannot amend my pay by ordinance. And I have no desire to amend my pay. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine. But uh, so we just kind of had a discussion about that. Then we got back to work on the 2%. Gotcha. Is there a movement to uh, do something to affect council pay? I don't know. If they bring it forward, you know, that's why you have a council meeting. If they yeah. bring it forward at some point, we'll we'll see where it goes and have a discussion and see see what happens. But uh, anyway, that, that popped up. I wasn't expecting that during the 2% uh, employee raise, but it was a good discussion. All right. A couple other resolutions, one dealing with uh, ARPA money entitled Partnership with the School Board for STEM Festival. Yes, yes. We, uh, the science, technology, engineering, engineering and math. math. Yeah, um, it takes me a little minute. forget sometimes. about the E. Uh-huh. You know, that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So this is what? This is ARPA money that we put up $100,000 to make sure that our kids in the public schools in the city of New Iberia are very exposed to STEM. We would love, and I mean, you know, talk's cheap. You can't always do what you want to do because of the financial ramifications. But uh, we'd love to see STEM in all the schools. So we, as a council and, and myself, decided in some early discussions with ARPA where some of that money could go back into the community <clears throat> to try and change the projection, trajectory of, you know, where, where our kids are heading. So we decided that was a good partnership, <clears throat> and the school board did too. So we are putting that money up, and they will be able to do three or four STEM festivals uh, in our schools in the city. Very good. And a couple of... Um, and I'm not sure if you went over this when we were talking about the road project, but a couple of change orders uh, for the asphalt project. Yes, that's just settling up with the quantities used and where we were, and that's working toward having that total 
very soon, so we know how much money we have left. All right. Here was um, <laughs> one that I found intriguing. Okay. Good. Open the door for a split second. Right at the top. And right there. Uh, again, is there a noise ordinance in uh, town? Yeah. We have a couple of them, sir. Let's see. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you did introduce an ordinance, and after lengthy discussion, the council did introduce it, amending Section 74 of the Code of Ordinances related to urban camping. Yes. I love that phrase, yeah. urban camping. That's it, man. We're urban. So, so tell us, uh, what, what is the change? The change is on public property. Uh, you will no longer be able to camp. Now, I don't see that we have too many people camping on public property. But in other communities, it has been a problem. It... Uh, is something that we don't want to see tent cities in, in our town anywhere. So uh, we looked at, actually we looked at Broussard and another local community and then kind of combine their ordinances to come up with ours uh, or our, you know, our suggestion. Uh, count, a couple of count, David, Council, Councilman David Broussard had brought this up. Um, when I went to my Mid-City Mayor's Conference a couple of weeks ago, I started talking to the mayors and almost all of them had those already in place. So I was like, oh, David's on the cutting edge. So <clears throat> brought it back, said, okay, let's start looking. Clerk and I started looking at ordinances, and she does a great job of that. And I had already known and got the mayor, Broussard, to send me theirs. So we started with that. She found another one, kind of combined them, massaged them together. And so that's what it's about. It's just to stop before we have a problem, stop people from publicly pitching tents on public property and, you know, trying to live there. Gotcha. So we're not set up for that. A park is not a place to live. Uh, you know, a, a city parking lot or, you know, some city right away is, you know, is not a place that a person should live. So that's all it's about. Um, Councilman uh, Dustin Swear asked the question, well, what if my two little boys and I want to put a tent and camp in the backyard? That's not, you know, no, that doesn't affect that at all. That's private property. So that's all it's about. Gotcha. Now, I, I, I know there are sometimes Boy Scout groups that do some camping in the park, but yes. that would be like uh, under a permit. Yeah, that would be permitted. That's exactly yeah. right. And, you know, there are activities there. There are people that sleep in the park when uh, they haven't come in a few years. Psychozydeco, when they come, they end up, uh, we had probably 100 tents in the park. But that's a permitted event. That's co-sponsored by the city. That's, that's a whole yeah, different, different animal. Yeah. It ends up being covered by the city's insurance because the city co-sponsors it. So it's totally, you know, a different animal. But I'm glad you brought that up. No one, no one had brought that up in the discussion. Of course, we hit it again when we adopt the ordinance because that was just introduction. Right, right. So I'm going to bring that up. Thank you. And uh, the public, uh, obviously, with an opportunity to comment on it. Mm -hmm. uh, but again... Yeah, obviously there are homeless people they are. in town. There's they no are. doubt about that. Um, and we want them to go to the shelter. We have a shelter. It's run very successfully. There are rules at the shelter. And, and the rub we find is that some of the people that would be eligible to go there don't want to follow the rules. Um, we make every effort. We had a big discussion about our police department. Um, we had stories of our police department buying uh, homeless people meals. Uh, giving homeless people rides, contacting family, you know, I mean, we understand and appreciate, that, you know, they're human beings just like us. So we are trying to help them seek the help they need. But if they don't want to follow the rules, don't want to go to the shelter, um, you know, it, uh, it it's hard to help them. Gotcha. But we definitely do have an issue as do every, every as again, I just come back from meeting with 30 mayors. Uh, that is an issue that has become a problem in every community. Gotcha. 
Also had an item uh, under the discussion items uh, regarding the EPA's Solar for All grant. Yeah, that's something I heard about at that conference, and I'm not sure how it would work yet because I don't think they know how it would work. But there was an opportunity for solar panels that would help low-income families with their utility bills. So with all the talk of utility bills that, you know, took place all last year for everybody, I mean, you know, it really got hiked up very expensive they have dropped some and and that's great but why not take advantage of that and they were looking for 12 cities that would take part in this pilot program so i did what i needed to do to get us to be one of those 12 cities but then i felt like i got to come tell my council i mean i'm not i don't operate in a vacuum so i wanted to have a discussion about it um they talked about two different ways one would be a 10 acre feel that i don't have 10 acres to put uh solar panels in uh haven't understood if that could be broken apart and it's just a credit on what it generates back to the system uh the other part of the program or the other idea was that it would be on individual houses i like that one a lot better um so we are waiting to get the parameters of it i just wanted them to know that (coughs) our name was put in the hat we'll see if we get selected but uh you know for me i feel that the private way is the way to go and if people sign up and this grant puts solar panels on their houses and then what those solar panels generate they get a credit which you could be doing now if you wanted to and you go around town you do see some people oh, have yeah. taken advantage of that um so if we could offer something that could help uh, i mean why not do it yeah you know and this goes back 20 years or so ago my sister put solar panels on her house just south of san francisco mm-hmm. says Saves her eight hundred a month. Cool. Imagine, I mean, oh my god, and just just saves her eight hundred. Yeah. Doesn't mean she's still not paying something. The, right. The cost uh, of right. utilities in that part of the country, but uh, it's amazing. That is amazing. So we'll look forward to more info on yes, that. Yes, so as, as soon as uh, I have it, I'll put it back on. Very good. Um, anything out of uh, council remarks or your remarks of note? No, not really. I mean, we all, of course, you know, many of us talked about the road tax and how appreciative we were that we got more work to do. Um, so we talked about that. We have uh, the Halloween parade uh, on the 28th, on the Saturday, Saturday the- which is going to be good. Um, we have on November the 11th a uh, little car show and boat show, first boat show we've put together in Bayou Tesh. I will do a little plug. I think I posted it on, I'm not very good at all the Facebook stuff, but I posted it on Facebook. There was a picture from a drone that showed eight boats tied up at Felicity's Landing. So those people came by boat, which is exactly the kind of thing we, we want. I was real pumped about that. Felicity so, is complete. It's complete. Uh, complete. Yeah. It's done. Um, so on the 11th, we'll have some old cars in Bully Plaza. Probably about 30 to start. It's not a huge show. Uh, then we'll have, <coughs> I think we're up to eight or nine boats. So we're hoping we get a few more boats. We'll have some antique boats in the bayou and maybe a few on trailers. Uh, And it's the start of, we hope, a bigger festival. We anticipate that we would invite other communities, and we're already kind of starting to have those dialogues. we just got to pick a weekend because, like, this week, that weekend that we're doing it, there's a real popular car show in Franklin, uh, Britney's Project, uh, which I go to every year. I'm kind of bummed, but it's okay. So we're going to try to pick a weekend that doesn't conflict and end up where we would use the Civic Center Marina and the City Hall parking lot, the downtown parking lot with George Rodriguez behind it, George Rodriguez, and then Felicity's Landing and Bullany. And at some point, we were hoping that we could get boats and cars at all those little pods, if you will. If it grew even more, you could put some across the Bayou City Park. 
and then you wouldn't be stagnant. You could have cars going from pod to pod. You could have boats going up and down the bayou, stopping at all the different spots. You could spread bands out. You could spread food out. I think that it could eventually become something big, but it's not this year. Okay, so it'll be very small on the 11th, but it's a start. Uh, it's called Bayou Tesh Fest. We've got a cool little logo. Um, got a few T-shirts coming. So I think it will really be something that will grow. But that's coming uh, Saturday at 2.35. I get dunked at the St. Edwards uh, mm-hmm. events that are going. I got I to do the Duncan booth. So uh, myself and a whole bunch of other people. But that will be this weekend, this Saturday. Um, trying to think of what else. Was, we talked about a lot of events. It's just that time of the year, you know. Gotcha. And gumbo cook-off, I would be remiss if I didn't say that had to be the biggest one yet. We actually had gumbo weather, which was awesome. Uh, just what a great event. It uh, Beneath the Balconies, it, it rolls uh, this Sunday. So, uh, In fact, I got a note from uh, your office. Uh, Main Street will be closed noon to 5-ish. Yes, yes. But, uh, you know, it's good times. We, uh, and I like to see that, you know, the downtown's always been our flagship for the whole community, but the community hasn't always used downtown as its flagship. And the fact that all the fairs and festivals have come back downtown, the fact that, you know, we have so many events now that just keep popping up, uh, it's, it's just good to see the town come together. All right. Any uh, project updates uh, of note? Uh, the Steamboat Pavilion contractors signed up. They should start on no, the week after November 11th. So that project will begin which I'm very excited about that. That adds a new stage. That adds bathrooms below the stage. That adds about 40 feet onto a dance floor onto the pavilion. When that's all done, we'll start doing something called Tesh Tunes. Tesh Tunes is our version of Downtown Alive. That will start happening. That's, that's you know, once this construction's over. That's about a probably a year, nine months to a year-long project. That's about ready to kick off. Um, we have uh, projects in the parks that are kicking off. We are now planning our new capital outlay, which is some more at the Pepperplex and some more in our two parks. The sprinkler system for Sear Gates, that's probably maybe um, very close to bidding, a few, few, maybe a month away. So projects are moving, and uh, we're just continuing down that path of what we can make better. That, that's, that's our job. That's what we need to do. All right. Anything else before we let no, you go? No, that's about it, man. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Again, New Iberia Mayor Freddie DeCourt joins us usually on Thursdays following city council meetings. Oh, and uh, tomorrow, uh, sort of a ribbon cutting for the two marinas. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, we haven't done a ribbon cutting on the marinas, and so we have uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow, and we will cut the ribbon at Felicity's and at uh, Civic Center Marina. Very good. good. Thank you. Look forward to it.